Hi, my name is Tracy G and I'm an inner work coach, NLP trainer and podcaster extraordinaire. Passionate about equality and a world that is more diverse and inclusive, giving each and every one of us the opportunity to be the best version of ourselves. As a biracial woman, I've experienced my fair share of discrimination in the past and come out on top. We all know that discrimination and bias still exists in the world today, and it's not always easy to know what to do about it. This podcast, All One Inclusive, is about celebrating all diversity and being proud of all that you are. I chat with inspiring guests and my friends as we share stories from news sources and listeners from all over the world who have experienced some form of discrimination firsthand. The aim is for us to be able to discuss this issue more openly so it becomes better understood by all and provide tips about what you can do to make a difference. The world may have a lot of catching up to do, but if we can imagine a more equal world, we can create change step by step, ripple by ripple. Happy hump day. Hello. Hello. How have you been? I've been good. Yeah, it's been a great week. I hope you like this idea of introducing a new, what you call section, I don't know what to call it. I thought it would be interesting until we get some stories coming in um, about, basically, I'm going to call it, feature this part of the podcast and call it, what would you do? Right. What would you do? <laughs> Second point. Yeah. What would you do? Oh. So I'm going to read a story and mm. literally going to ask you, what would you do? Okay. And the, yeah, the story will highlight some form of discrimination bias, of course. Mm. But really, let's just, let's just give it a go. You're free. Like tested. Yes. <laughs> let's go. You're free. Okay. <laughs> All right. Here goes. Oh, just a disclaimer. Um, I get a lot of this material and resources from the Lean In organization. Um, Cheryl Sandberg founded Lean In. It's amazing. It has amazing resources. And one of the facil- I do facilitation workshops with their material. And I also develop similar material for my own. So this, this some of these scenarios will be from Lean In. So here is a scenario for you. Ready? Yeah. Let's do it. So a colleague recommends a man for promotion over a woman saying, I'm not sure about her long-term commitment. She just got engaged and I think she wants to have kids soon. What do you do? And what would you do? Obviously, the PC answer is... Oh, I want the PC answer. What your answer. <laughs> so, the, you know, I, I have never hired based on gender. I should say that. Um, but, but having said that, you know, we have all joked about the fact that, oh, yeah, she's married. She's going to have a baby soon. You know, but not in a way that, Um, we would ever use to not hire someone. But I think, you know, it happens that when somebody gets married, when a woman 
gets married, mm-hmm. it's usually a thing, you know, that you think about. Well, she's going to get married. She wants to have babies soon. Okay. So, um, uh, in that situation, obviously, I'd point out that if the woman did the a job, a good enough job, as the man did, then they need to both be considered for the role. You know, it can't just be the woman. So, uh, my industry is very female dominated. So, you know, it's it's just actually men are, are more rare to be um, in my industry. So, I think you can't take away from the fact that everybody does consider it that if if a woman becomes pregnant it's you know she's going to be a mat leave you know how long is she going to take we're going to have to replace her blah blah um and i think it sucks that we that it 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 is something people think about um i wish it wasn't but um, but in in terms of the roles we offer we i don't think that ends up being a disadvantage because of of course we keep the roles open and it is the same position you come back to in the same you know and it's very flexible um in terms of the hours you want to work and everything like that they want to have you okay so then so then what so what so there's there's some so the point is though there's some assumptions there because hmm. in this specific scenario the scenario is um there's a promotion there's a man and a woman. Let's just say they're both equally good. Or let's mm-hmm. just say, for argument's sake, the woman's slightly better, maybe a better candidate. Mm-hmm. Uh, the, the response is, I'm not sure about her long-term commitment. She just got engaged, and I think she wants to have kids soon. Yeah. Yeah. So then what What would you Would you say, yeah, yeah, mate, you're right. Well, what, what would you do? Would you agree with that? Or would you do something else? Yeah, so I have been in that situation and I've said, yeah, you're probably right. She might want to get married and have kids. But, you know, if she's the better candidate, she's the better candidate, you know, and we need to hire based on the job mm-hmm. and not the, you know, the the possibility that she's going to have kids and, and okay. you know, she will have kids. So, you know, well, she may not or whatever, but that's... Yeah, it's it's more about the job than it is about the person. But I can imagine that in other industries that are not female dominated and have a lot of females, because my management team is pretty much made up of all females and only one male. So um, we, you know, I think in that case, you know, I can imagine people going, oh, yeah, sure, you're right. Maybe it is better, even if she does the better job to hire the man. Okay, Stick around. cool. And I get, and I get, get that as a consideration. Mm. Um, there's a few things here there's like so let me just this is what it says prompt your colleague to explain the thinking which is I just did for you (laughs) so suggest to your colleague that women should decide for themselves whether or not they want to take on new challenges at work because Mm. somebody's just got engaged doesn't absolutely guarantee that they want to have kids soon yeah absolutely Um, and even if they did, they might be the type of woman that wants to have the baby and come back after six months or three months. And I think about, I remember when I moved to Australia, yeah. I noticed that women took quite, compared to where I was coming from, the UK, mm-hmm. women did take a lot of t- uh, maternity leave. Yeah. Which really surprised me because in the UK, you you would hardly find anyone taking longer than three months. Wow. Yeah. And I think it was because that was the, I think that at the time, I mean, it could be completely different now. Mm-hmm. It was like the statutory, um, you know, maternity payment. 
Mm. I think it was around the what you know the mandatory payment was. Whereas here there wasn't there's no mandatory. It's like mm. company specific. Or I think one of the in the last five years something was introduced, but when I first got here there wasn't anything. And people were taking like like six months a year mm. after yeah. have children. But I mean, as a difference in my workplace, one of the girls who was going on mat leave who said she'll come back in three months was actually told by one of the managers do you really think you'll be back in three months why don't you take some time because you might feel differently to encourage her to actually take more time mm -hmm. um than just three months because it, it just seemed crazy short to it's too short yeah, yeah but that's me really, in some countries yeah. it's like yeah and she insisted on actually coming back in three months and everybody was like oh my god that's amazing because not all you know people don't take they take a year and and so on at least so but that's the thing isn't it it's like the choice, mm. how you feel, yeah. it's making an assumption that somebody's going to take that much time off. Yeah. And, you know, sometimes depending on who the person is, you can have that conversation. We've done it at work when you ask people, you've asked women, um, okay, so do you plan to have a baby? When do you plan to have a baby? How can we figure it out so it all fits into work? And we've done that before and said, right, you know, this is what the plan is. So you plan to get pregnant. I mean, not everybody is that open, but it would be amazing if, if everybody else, right? But you can understand why people aren't. Yes. When there's the bias there. Yeah, this is, this is, we're talking about maternal bias here. And what I, and what, and how I think, how does this, how do we change this bias? And I think, well, what, what we're seeing happening and what really needs to happen is men need to be given the mm -hmm. same there needs to be a similar expectation. There needs to be no maternity leave as such as more like parental leave, which applies to men and women. And that's starting to happen in a lot of workplaces. Yeah. And there needs, men need to be able to take as much time and also be able to declare themselves as a primary caregiver. Oh, 100%. And that needs to be policy. Yeah. And when that becomes a part and parcel of a possibility, of an opportunity for fathers, then it takes it diminishes the you know the potential for maternal bias as well yeah exactly I think that's what needs to happen because it would it's hard to imagine what we'd say about a man who recently got engaged mm. you know what yes. would we say exactly. he's oh he's just got engaged and I think he wants to have kids soon all might be true yeah but then it's not going to affect him getting the job no it isn't I oh, know I think the paternity leave at the moment for where I work is about a month um, and that's it, really. Mm. There's really no conversation around whether, but to be honest, nobody has approached us to take longer than that. But yeah, yeah, be good well, that, yeah. well, that's the thing. I think you know when women get engaged and married, and actually there's some stats on this. It says when women get get engaged and married, studies show that they start to experience maternal bias. So people, consciously or unconsciously, and we just had a whole conversation there start to question the competence and mm. the commitment mm. and it's based on the belief whether you whether you're conscious of this belief or not that women can't be fully present at work if they have responsibilities at home mm. and if I think about if you think about our friends that have had children mm. you know sleepless nights yes uh, hard getting any sleep coming in mm -hmm. working but the partners are going through the same stuff exactly so you know the male the fathers are going through the same thing and do are people questioning their mm -hmm. ability to be, be at work or be present yeah uh, 
the few men that we've had, we have at work um, who've had kids, you can tell, you know, they're tired and they're, you know, obviously haven't had enough sleep and stressed and whatever. But yeah, nobody ever, everybody's like, oh, I'm so sorry that you're going through all of that. But then nobody goes, oh, shit, they can't do their job um, because mm. they're so tired. Mm. So, yeah, that does suck. So there you go. So that was just an example of maternal bias. Of what you can do, question mm. question somebody about that double standard. Would we, 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 we be saying the same thing if it was a man? And you might, unlike we just had that discussion, mm. men should be able to take that time off as well. Yeah, yeah exactly. Um, but I did have a cousin who did. Oh, yeah. Um, so he became the primary... Um, caregiver I think he took six months and his wife went back to work I think is it Sweden they have a lot Mm. a lot more of that going on Mm. I think Sweden have got got it worked out that was really cool Mm -hmm. because I just really think it's so important for fathers to have that time with their kids yeah their young children I I just see so many families where Child, not all, not all the time. And again, I'm I'm no psychologist, and this is just my personal opinion from an observation. Mm-hmm. There's a lot of families where the children are closer to the mother, yes, and that's because the father wasn't there in the formative years as much, wasn't around as much because they were working. Yeah, I just think that's a real shame, and there's a real opportunity to change that. So you 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 did all right with that question, Mino. Did I? Because no, I felt like no, I didn't. No, just it. like be honest, because it's because like, I'm having an honest conversation mm. about the real world, right? And what people think, whether really? and whether and all, all all we're doing here is is inviting each other to open up the conversation and think about what we believe, whether it's actually true. That was our first ever. What would you do? Mm exciting more to come (laughs) (laughs) that's it i don't have anything else i'm just going to say this share stories please we want to hear your stories if you've got any experiences um that you want to share with us especially on bias or discrimination and how did you handle it and did you handle it how you'd like to or would you like to handle it a different way we would love to know and we will read it out Right. Right. All right then. That's it. That's it from us. Yeah. See you next week. See you next week. Bye. Bye. Hi. Hiya. Hello. Hi. How are you? I'm good, thank you. How's it going? How's your week been? It's been great. I had a few days off, so that was lovely. Have the feature. What would you do? Oh yes. Where we share a scenario that highlights a form of bias, mm-hmm. and we ask Mino, "What would you do?" Mm-hmm. So this is a, again a scenario. Most of these are workplace. I will I will give you some others another time, but for now we'll stick to the workplace kind of environment. So imagine mm-hmm. you your manager, who is a man often meets with men on his team for dinner or drinks, mm-hmm. you know, building the relationships, yeah, but rarely meets with the women outside of work. Mm. What 
what would you do? Uh, I mean, it. I think it would be interesting if I was in. Well, if, I, if these men were anywhere interesting, I'd be like, yeah, maybe I'd want to go. If they weren't, which is likely, I'd be like, <laughs> I don't know that. <laughs> hang out with them anyway. But um, I would ask him why he does that. You mm. know, like why do you only take out the men? Like, yeah. what's, what's the go with? Why doesn't yeah. everybody get invited? Yeah, yeah, that's a good good question. And then this, and I'd be just thinking, well, what if he says something like, um, oh, you know. Jackie, she's she's got kids at home, so I just assume she wouldn't want to, she wouldn't have time. Yes. Actually, yeah. I mean, I, I reckon people say that all the time. Oh, they have to get home to the kids or whatever. It's mm. like, well, maybe they want a break from the kids. Why don't you just ask them? Just mm. invite them out and then they can say no. But what, what I've got a question though, it's interesting. What do you think could be the reasons that this manager would do that well i mean i've just given you one idea but what what could be other reasons i would think that he would think that you know the women weren't worth developing or you know like their the relationship his relationship with them or their relationship with the team wasn't as important mm. for whatever reason maybe the men he he assumes that the men achieve more or are you know going to achieve more or going to end up being I don't know managers or something like that therefore it's important for him to keep that relationship going okay I wonder how much then that influences you know the promotions and the you know like opportunities within that workplace right? mm, mm. yeah I'm just trying to think of what possible ideas he has around that behavior but anyway mm. this is what it says friendships at work are valuable we know that and actually I think in the age of um, working from home mm-hmm. there's nothing more obvious than this idea and concept of work of those connections you have and friendships you have in your workplace mm-hmm. and how it's diminished by the working from home or it can be mm-hmm. you have to put a lot of things in place to maintain those that level of connection mm-hmm. um so important relationships, relationship building, information sharing mm-hmm. can happen over coffee or a pizza or drinks. Mm. And and but when people are routinely excluded from outings like these, they can miss out. And if it's a manager making arrangements, it's especially problematic. Part of their responsibility is to make sure the whole team has equal access to networking opportunities. Networking is critical, I think. And I, I'm thinking back to some of the, you know, some of the social things we did in work. Yes. You, you talk, yes, you talk about your personal life, social things. You talk about work a lot as well. Mm. And you would sometimes get really good exchange of ideas, your problems and things like that. So it's really valuable. Mm. And, and I take the point, I would actually take that point if a manager said, you know, Janet's married, she's got kids and she really, and she, and she's often expressed that she doesn't want to be out in the evenings. Mm. I, I, I think that's perfectly reasonable for women and men to have that idea and feeling about themselves, that they may not want to be away from their family in the evenings. And I think that's okay. Then the manager needs to make another, another opportunity, yeah. whether it's in the day. 
whether it's lunch, whether it's a breakfast, yeah. whether it's on a weekend, even though that might not be good either, but needs to make other opportunities instead of, so that people can be included. Yeah. Actually, um, that's a really good point. It ties into what we were talking about earlier. Mm. There's not one way to, to interact and build relationships, right? Exactly. Be more inclusive. And then we were talking about traditionally uh, around alcohol and dinner in the evenings because it's after work, but then you have to bring it into work mm. so that it can be more inclusive. Exactly. Um, what else does we say here? So this is your manager. So you have, you have a standing to raise this with him. Mm. Say that you've noticed that he goes to drinks with men on the team more than the women and explain why it matters. You can also offer solutions if he's uncomfortable going to dinner with women. Suggest that he meet everyone for breakfast or lunch. Mm. And then why it happens, it's because men might feel more comfortable in the presence of men, some men. Yeah. That's that's one of them. And it's an affinity bias. It's the same with some women. Some women may only feel comfortable in the presence of other women as opposed to men. You know, it's not a one-way thing, but you can see how it's problematic in the workplace. Mm. Uh, and this so what we're highlighting here is affinity bias where you're drawn to people like you Mm. and less drawn to people that are different from you whether that's because they're a different sex or whatever different affinity bias is huge and that's why you need to have that's why it's really useful to have you know checklists when you're interviewing Mm. because what tends to happen is people oh like them you like them yeah because there's something that you may it might it might be an affinity bias mm. like that you're kind of person you're you know an affinity bias so you need to have objective um criteria that everybody follows when you're interviewing people because you can fall into that trap and it is a trap that we can all be guilty of in, in who we who we're friends with and if if you have affinity bias with who you're friends with fine you are limiting your you know, you're limiting the abundance of your friendships. But in the workplace, this is how we end up with just white men in management. Mm. So you need to be a bit more aware and a bit more objective about it. Um, where am I reading here? So, you know, he may be nervous for other reasons. Some men are wary of spending time with women colleagues outside of work for fear of seeming inappropriate. And that's a, that's a reasonable fear as mm. well. But again more there's, there's solutions to that so I think it's only in the conversation as, as to why that's why I was asking you why would somebody do that mm. and we didn't come up with the idea that some men might be uncomfortable with women, it being seen inappropriate yeah you know the old-fashioned sense that you've got some sort of romantic agenda yeah um mm. if you're hanging out with the opposite sex mm. So I feel I feel that's these are reasonable fears that we need to address rather than judge if people are open to having that conversation. It's a good point about the not judging. <laughs> yeah, because we don't know. You don't know unless you ask. So you know, like we make assumptions, oh, it's because of this, it's because of that. Just mm. ask. You just notice like innocently, like you're genuinely curious. I think it's easy. If you can if you can have that headspace. Or, you know, in your head, you're like, well, it could be this, it could be this. And the probably things you're thinking are probably really bad things, like the worst possible things. Mm. Or it could be something else, but the benefit of the doubt. 
Mm. What 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 would be the ask? What I love I love kids because they just ask questions. Yeah. Without yeah. thinking about any judgments. Yes. I love it. That's what the best thing. It's a be a kid. Mm. Ask without judgment. And that that's it. That's it. We just we just gave an example of affinity bias and what you can do about it. Awesome. There you go. Have you learned about any type of bias or did you already are you already aware of affinity bias? No, I was not aware of affinity bias actually. Makes sense. Mm. Um, I was particularly interested that yeah, it might affect the interviews that you do. Absolutely. So yeah. Yeah. That's why HR like I remember developing when I was working, when I was interviewing people, of the checklist of things that we wanted for this role. Mm. Rightly or wrongly, we wanted, you know, X, Y, and Z. Mm. And then assessing through the question the, the cv and the questioning whether that this person had them mm. and if there was a if i was getting and i'll be honest if i was getting a feeling as oh i don't know if i like this person I had to be very un, objective and ask myself well what were the reasons mm. and whether that was good for the role or not because having different people is very good for a role like you know me i'm um very big picture um vision broad and that can make me vague as well. And some people, and the, so the complete opposite of me, which would be people I don't gel as well with, would be mm. people that are so detailed, all the details, need to know all the details and give you all the details. Yes. Verbally as well. So to me, that would be a different, a different person. Mm. So I could easily, easily be, have affinity bias with people like me. It can be visionary, easy, concise, um, summarize things really easily and not given, get to the point without giving all the detail. Mm. Yeah? Yeah. But for this role, it might be more beneficial to have someone that can really dig into the detail and mm. give the detail. So that's what I mean. That's just an example mm. of making, being really clear on what you need for the role. Mm. You know, do you need somebody that's direct or do you need somebody that's so vague that can't get to the point or do you some it's diplomatic or do you some it's direct and is uh, with respect you mm. know you got to think about what these things the qualities you want and whether that candidates can give you that or that's what you need but anyway affinity bias interesting yes you've definitely given me something to think about so we'll see you next week see you next week lazy I did do it like the first year or whatever I moved in but then I realized I have to take them down and I was one of the people who had them up like till January or something and then I was like oh god I can't do that. so now I just I'm like oh it's fine that's oh, fine mm, <laughs> true but in theory you don't really celebrate Christmas mm, yeah in theory I guess yeah mm. I mean I don't 
I don't go to church or anything, so no. Yes. I mean I I celebrate Christmas with you guys, that's always Yeah, that's nice. Yeah. You like that? Yeah. Absolutely. Um I like the food and yeah. Mostly. And the presents, but yes, it's quite nice. (gasps) Did you have a good week? Yes. And by going, what did I do? Yes. Um, What did I do? Actually, last weekend, I started my Christmas shopping. Um, That's what I did. So I'm nearly finished. I still got a couple of presents um, to do. And then, and cards, because I need to send them this weekend to get home I like to do written cards to my family in the UK so I always write cards do you know what though it's so ridiculous it cost me just to send the card I spent $40 in stamps oh my god just to send cards to my family cost nearly as much as the cards Mm, yeah yeah so it's a bit it's an expense just sending cards yeah so they don't get I don't send gifts so much as cards yeah it's mad well, gifts would be crazy then. I usually just say, what I usually do is send a hamper and say that's your crit, that's the family gift from me. Oh, yeah. That's what I usually do and do it online. That's usually what I do. Um, and then that's it. They get a hamper and they get a card from me. Unless I'm there and then I can buy yeah. actual presents. And then my mum my mum winches every year. I don't know what to get you. It's like you don't need to get me anything, just send me a card. Yeah. And she's like, no, I'm gonna get you something. I don't know what to get you. I can't send you something because it costs more to send than what it cost. Yes, exactly. <laughs> um, and my mum's not very tech techy online. So yeah. I just suggested just get something online. You can send her links. Then I think she probably needs VPN though, because uh. Australian stuff. Anyway, she's yeah. not she doesn't have to figure it out, so it's all good. Fair enough. Do you, do you buy presents in your family for each other? No. No, because no. you don't celebrate it. Although one year, randomly, my mum, because she always has this little Christmas tree, you know, that she puts out. And, um, yeah, one year, randomly, she decided to give us l- literally white envelopes with money in it, <laughs> like plain envelopes with money in it. I was like, that's lovely. Mm. it was so random I mean very well appreciated but um yes very random because my brothers tend to travel during that time yeah so, um they're usually not here so I actually have a question for you right so you are not you do not celebrate Christmas mm-hmm. and do people say to you Merry Christmas yeah yeah, yeah. And, and I yeah. People Merry Christmas. and you say to people Merry Christmas cool yeah, because cool. I was I heard some overheard someone the other day go Merry Christmas and then they go, Oh, can I still say that? And they said, um, oh, you don't I don't know what you're allowed to say these days, right? And I was just like, I didn't say anything because it wasn't my conversation I was over listening. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I kind of wish I had now, but this is all this happens to me all the time. Hear yeah. things, they annoy me. <laughs> and but they're not I'm I'm not in the conversation. Yeah. And so I don't say anything. But I mean why wouldn't you be allowed to say Merry Christmas? Well, and this this is me making up the story behind this. Yeah. This is a whole oh, we're so politically correct. 
you can't even say Merry Christmas anymore because there's people that don't celebrate Christmas and that's seen that's perceived to be um not okay right so that's how I that's the story I'm telling myself about this conversation with the people that are having it um and I'm just like who cares I have never met someone who does not celebrate Christmas not yet that gets offended yeah um I haven't I haven't heard of people even being offended I think the whole the only reason it's a topic is just to recognize that people have different um holidays that are important to them Mm. and you can end up working I guess in the workplace it's like well not everybody celebrates Christmas and that's fine but I've never met anyone that's doing that the only difference I've seen over the years recently is because now people realize Diwali is a thing like it's more just more prominent and you know I if I take leave I can say oh, I'm taking it for Diwali or whatever mm. and people say happy Diwali to me yeah. like random which is nice which is nice which is lovely um so that's the only thing that that just it doesn't mean that you don't do Christmas I do Christmas and our actually at our Christmas party one of my favorite things is doing the carols like everybody's like oh last year they're like Mina wants to sing carols oh wow do you like singing carols yeah I do I didn't know that (laughs) but um my boss my director he'd picked really like because he's he's in an acapella group and he sings like wow um, and lots of the doctors, they actually play instruments. They're all very musical and talented. But he picked really, like, intense carols to sing. And all the young generation were like, we've never even heard of this. I'm going to say, what's an intense I don't even know. carol? I think I'd, I'd heard it anyway. It just looked. And this year they were like, can we sing Jingle Bells? Can we well, it seems like Deck the Holes or something. Yeah, maybe. I can't. We don't remember. Oh, that's, I didn't know you liked, oh, we have to do carols at Christmas <laughs> just for you. Oh, it was just random because, you know, somebody plays the piano and yeah. Wow, yeah, it's pretty impressive. Yes. That is pretty cool. Oh, wow. Oh, but yeah, that, that was the conversation I heard. I was just like, oh, come on. Yeah, it's just about recognising that other people celebrate different a significant holidays for them yeah. and then recognizing that yeah exactly. and I don't see anybody getting offended if you say Merry Christmas and they don't celebrate Christmas yeah exactly you know if you're so concerned then just say happy holidays like exactly if you're so concerned or worried about saying the wrong thing just say happy holidays yeah. happy holidays yeah exactly yeah <laughs> so, I don't yeah. actually wear that much lipstick but now I know that, I'll think twice about which brand of lipstick I buy. Nothing, MAC lipstick's perfectly fine as far as I know. I've just got so many. Right, okay. So wrap it up. Are you ready? Yes. But what would you do? <laughs> I'm trying to come up with my own little jingle there. All right, so what would you do, Mino? Mm-hmm. So this is the scenario. This is a workplace scenario. You you notice that your colleague, who is a woman, mm. gets spoken over and interrupted more often than others during virtual team meetings. Yeah, I think in this case it would be helpful just to help and to 
to to be the person who says to the person who is interrupting her that wait hang on a second just let whoever say Anna can we just let Anna finish please mm-hmm. um every time you know mm-hmm. somebody interrupts and it doesn't have to be Anna it can be anyone just mm-hmm. be like no let's just wait for her to finish her thought and then you can speak afterwards so mm-hmm. that's very helpful good cool actually I've had this in meetings like I've had this I've noticed this and it's actually not always men that do it but the mm. fact is stats show that women are interrupted more than men yeah right so that's that's why we're talking about it but I have seen that other women interrupt specific women mm. interrupt people a lot more yeah and I think it's a the quality yeah and it is I've done it I'm I'm not saying I've never interrupted people I totally have but I'm conscious of it and I'm conscious of doing it purposefully now Mm. as in so for example if I'm chairing a meeting and people are talking and the person who's talking is talking for too long about something that's going to take up too much time it's you know they're repeating themselves they're repeating what they've said that kind of thing I'll have to interrupt them because it's my job to keep yeah keep us moving through the items and keep on track so that's purposeful interruption yes. right the difference is um somebody's making a point you disagree or you have a thought mm. and you have to get it out of your mouth now mm. rather than just waiting for that person to finish what they're saying or you disagree and you want to cut in cut them off mm. and it's very disrespectful mm. and, and so there's a difference um there's definitely appropriate time where you may need to interrupt someone yeah um but there's a difference between just interrupting people who's in the middle of an idea or or making a statement about something and that and that's the difference and especially when it's repetitive yes yeah I mean I find that if you let the person finish anyway sometimes they clarify what you were gonna you know say in the first place because obviously they haven't finished saying what they've they've wanted to say so instead of interrupting if you take that time to formulate what you're gonna say or whatever then you know it doesn't sound so off the cuff as well so that can be helpful so just wait and let them finish mm. then then you can have the say but I think the more people that are a little bit more conscious about it then um, the better it is but I have been in meetings where I think it's more because like I've said I have a very female dominated team so there's only usually one or two men in the room anyway and it's usually the female interrupting and it's it's just their personality so mm. it's not it's not yeah meant to be yeah I get it but just because it's the personality doesn't mean it's a good thing mm. and, and I, I agree I've, I've seen women do that where they constantly there's certain people that will get interrupted a lot yeah and certain people that will do the interrupting yeah yeah and that's really needs managing by whoever's leading that team or whoever's chairing that meeting it's often in meetings when it happens it really needs to be managed Mm. so that everybody gets feels like they are heard yes yeah otherwise you get people that will never will never contribute yeah and, and who have great ideas and who have great ideas exactly yeah so you're right it just so happens that when they've done the research 
it's women that are more regularly interrupting than men. But if you talk about it generally, there are people with personality to do that. Yeah. And people that are more likely to sit back. And it's your job as a leader to get everybody's ideas. Yeah. Everybody's great ideas. Otherwise, if they've not got good ideas or got something of value to contribute, then why are they why are they there? Mm. Yeah. And I think I've been in a couple of meetings where the chair, and I can't remember whether they were male or female, but they've realized like they've gone through the room and realized that oh somebody has an idea but they haven't spoken up maybe because they don't they're intimidated or whatever it is and they've just stopped everyone and gone do you have an idea do you want to talk um and at, at that point because they've been prompted they've gone oh yes I think it's you know whatever um and that's really good chairing of a meeting and good leadership right there um, to realize that people want to talk and yeah no very good exactly and then I guess to the point of what I am um, you would say because it's like you know what would you do mm. if you notice consistently that this person would get over you know interrupted every time they try to talk what would you do I'm not reading what it says here I would say personally I would go take that other person to the side and say I take both of them to the side separately have separate conversations with the person that's doing the interrupting if it was like a characteristic that they constantly did yeah i would say i don't know if you've noticed mm. um but you often interrupt this person mm. or other people they might be just doing to lots of people mm. um when they're talking can you think about letting them finish before mm. you make your point i've given that as constructive feedback I said, what you say is usually really valuable as well. Absolutely. Yeah. Really valuable. And I always want to hear what you have to say. Mm. But I'd like to hear what everyone has to say. So it's important that we like, let people finish speaking without interrupting them. So I'd say that. And then with the other person say, I noticed that when you were talking, um, you were interrupted by this person and it, and it happened. Is that something you've noticed? See what they're saying. Yeah, yeah no, whatever. Okay, so I'd just say, maybe try this next time, it's up to you. Or I would ask them, what would you do mm. next time if you're interrupted? See what they say. So the idea is for them to come up with their own solution. And if and if they don't have any, any ideas, then I'd have to prompt them and say, maybe you could say, <clears throat> I just want to finish what I was saying, because yeah. that's okay. Just, that's all you need to say. It doesn't have to be rude or angry with anger, just say, hold on, um, I just want to finish what I was saying. Mm, yeah. Just say it loud enough. Mm. That's That would be my advice. What would you say? Would you do, what would you do? Yeah, I think it is important to tell the person who's interrupting that, you know, just let people talk, especially if it's a pattern of behaviour, right? but definitely or and if you're in that meeting I would say that you need to and you the the person who's been interrupted doesn't say anything then you know you should people should be like let her or him if it's him um mm. finish talking before mm. you know yeah so that's helpful recognizing it so you can help the person is um, yeah yeah the reason I speak to the person who has been interrupted <clears throat> is because can empower them to empowering them because otherwise you're putting them in the victim mode like i'm helpless i can help myself so i'm gonna do i'm gonna i'm gonna rescue you yeah absolutely yeah Yeah. 
Anyway, what does it say? It says why it matters. It's undermining to be repeatedly interrupted. Mm. Of course. It means that the team loses out on the woman's ideas and insights if it's a woman. Plus, in a virtual context, meetings can carry more weight than, than they otherwise might without informal interactions in the office. So if you're not seeing each other in the office, mm. this, the virtual meeting is your only decision-making discussion forum. Mm. Yeah. So without informal interactions in the office, virtual meetings become the central avenue for information sharing, brainstorming, and reputation building. Mm. It's so true, if I think about it, I'll come back to this in a minute. You notice that your colleague who is a woman gets spoken over and interrupted more often than others during virtual team meetings. Mm. So what do you do? In the moment, you can use the chat feature to write something like, uh, can we circle back to Jessica? Like, you know, because like you said, I'll let that person speak. So instead of saying it, you could just type in the chat, can we circle back to Jessica? Mm. Um, in the long run, encourage norms that promote equal participation by everyone using the chat feature when they want to chime in, so that it's not interrupting. Mm. That's a good idea. If you think, oh, I need to say this. Because sometimes, and I'm so guilty of this, I think it and I feel like I have to say it or else I forget. Mm. Yeah. So it's like write it down is the mm. thing, but you can put it in the chat and then it doesn't interrupt them and they can look at it when they finish. Assuming it's a virtual meeting, of course. Yeah, like using the chat feature when you want to chime in. If you're brainstorming, have people take turns. There's lots of methodologies for that, mm. activities for that kind of equal participation. Or use a virtual brainstorming tool. You can also use breakout rooms to create smaller groups. Mm. One study found that women get similar amounts of airtime as men in groups of six or fewer. Oh, yeah. Did you but less, less than men when in groups of seven or more. Interesting. Interesting. In general, women are interrupted far more often than men. Researchers believe that this happens just as often in virtual meetings, if not more. This may be rooted in a common form of bias. People often value women's contributions less highly than men's. Mm. And, and it's called performance bias. And that just means there's perception that women perform less well than men. It's a perception. It is a perception. In lots of things, women drive this, for example. Yes, <clears throat> exactly. That's a, a bias stereotype that, that's out there. Mm. Mm. True. It's about letting everybody have an equal voice at the table. Yeah, and not missing out on good ideas. Yeah, missing out on good ideas. And actually, I'm thinking about scenarios from a corporate days where people were perceived as not contributing, like this, the perception of that person from not speaking yes. during meetings is that they don't have anything valuable to contribute. Yeah. They are not a good leader, boss, manager, right? I'm totally heard about that. Yeah. And then I've actually worked with this person as my boss, let's say, mm. and they've been really good. Mm. So that's why I think it's important to not only have conversation with the interrupting people, but the people that are allowing people to interrupt them or not speaking. Yeah. Because that the fact is, if you're not speaking, you're not contributing visibly, the there must have been behind the scenes to get where they are. Mm. And one, smaller groups, Yeah, they would speak more. And that's what I'm actually thinking about. I've noticed that. 
in really small groups, like two or three or four people, they're way more vocal. But when it's a whole, yeah. when it's a lot bigger, yeah. don't hear a peep. Yeah. And plus, I I some people speak because they want to be seen as contributing, but they're not actually saying anything of note or maybe they're just regurgitating, you know, what other people have said or, you know, summarizing people. I've, I've known people like that and it's just like you don't need need to do that <laughs> so, but they want to be seen as contributing so yeah. they do yeah. and they probably and probably the perception is they are generally exactly when Even, they're actually that so yeah yeah so strategies like from either side um but i've noticed that perception of people that of not being good managers leaders or whatever contributors because they don't speak in big groups mm -hmm. yeah absolutely it is intimidating as well in a big group. So I can understand people who are a little bit shyer. Mm. Is that a word? A little bit shy. <laughs> Not doing so, but yeah. Hmm. Okay. Okay. Well, I think that's it. Have you got anything else to add? No. These are my pearls of wisdom. <laughs> All right, then. Well, that's it from us. Until next week. Happy hump day. Bye. Okay, bye. Hi, happy hump day. Happy hump day. How are you? Good. It's, it's a massive countdown to Christmas, hey? Oh, yes, I know. I can't believe. I keep, for some reason, still thinking we're in November because I keep looking at, you know, when all the Christmas parties are and, and everything, and I'm just like, why are people doing it now? And then I realize, oh, it's like three weeks away from Christmas, so. Yeah, <laughs> it is full on at the minute. I have something, well, this weekend, after the Wednesday. No, I have, yeah, I have something every weekend. Oh, wow. Yes, I'm going to a, a faculty Christmas party, which is, I'm told is going to be quite fancy on Monday, so I'm like, Ooh, like fancy. I, I'm like, what should I bring? And I'm like, I need to bring wine, and I know nothing about wine, and I'm like, shit. <laughs> I'm like having to go to Dan Murphy's probably and be like, what is a good wine? <laughs> yeah, they have good people there usually to invite yeah, you. Exactly. I don't know. Most people drink red, or is it better to go with white? I don't. No, like I'm a red. I'm a, I prefer red myself. It depends. Is it a day event or a night event? It's a night event. Probably red. Yeah. Okay. Good to know. Good to know. Um, I would drink Coke, of course, but of course, of course, of course, of course. <laughs> <laughs> um, how's your Christmas shopping going? Oh, I still got to get a couple of presents. Uh, yeah, I have to do that this, this weekend probably. I'm just thinking about all the baking. You know, I do all the baking. Yes, yes. When am I going to do that? I'll literally be baking Christmas Eve. I can, t I can oh just feel it now. But yeah, the baking, I'm working, and the things I'm working right up until pretty much till Christmas Eve. So mm. it's busy, but it's okay. It'll, it'll work out. Always does. Yes. <laughs> Positive. Mm. So, Ina, what would you do? What would you do, Nina? Unless I really need to come up with a jingle. What <laughs> would you do? Okay. So a co-worker is complaining. Mm. Complaining that their team is 
switching their video call software to accommodate a visually impaired woman on the team. Mm. What would you do? I'd say get over it. <laughs> like, you know, it just happened to be one of my days. <laughs> it depends what day they caught you on. Yeah. All right, if they caught you on a bad day, what would you say? You me this last week, I'd be like, are you seriously talking to me about this? Because you need to piss off. <laughs> and just get over it. What are they called? You know, what is the flower that everybody uses that is like... No, cupcake? I don't know. Snowflake? Snowflake, yes. <laughs> I would be like, is that a flower? I don't know. You know when people say, get over it, snowflake or something? I have, I have no idea what that means. It's going to be American. Like I've heard it somewhere. I'd be like, just just go and have some real problems. Like, seriously. Can you please come? <laughs> and don't come back to me with any real problems because I'm not going to take you seriously. Um, okay, but- and if they caught you on a good day, what would you say? Yeah, on a good day, I'd be like, okay, so what's the- <laughs> what is the issue with switching to this new software? What is the actual problem <laughs> aside from the inconvenience that you perceive? Um, and then if she said something legitimate, I don't know how to download it or I don't know how it works. I'd be like, okay, then let me help you download it. Let me show you how it works or something like that. Or if it was something stupid, why did we need to change in the first place? It's (laughs) I'd be like, you can suck my, anyway. (laughs) (laughs) Which is my new favorite line. (laughs) Oh, you just say that without finishing. Yeah. (laughs) okay so yeah I think that's that's how I would do it maybe after my holidays it wouldn't be it wouldn't be different but yes for now I think yeah. I actually remember something similar happening at work a new starter and they were installing um one of those mobile desk things oh right and, and we haven't met this new starter People were complaining, and like, oh, where do they get to have a special desk? Yeah. Mm. Kind of curious as well, like, what, like why? Mm. Because yeah. nobody knew who's, who this person was coming was. Yeah. So there was rumblings, um, but also everybody, I didn't, everybody wanted a yeah, yeah, a desk that stands. Yeah. Yeah. Obviously, nobody else is getting one, but you know, ultimately, this person started. They're lovely. You got to know them, and you understood that they had a serious accident, and uh, yeah, many years ago, and had back problems, so they had to stand up a lot. Um, and this is why, and that's great example of accommodating someone with a disability, basically. Um, but how people, how it was received, was what happened was they ended up putting. Not everybody got a stand up desk, but they would put a couple on each floor so that you could move to a stand up desk yeah. and work, and that became more. Because obviously people must have said something. Well, it would be really nice because you'd stop them sitting at your desk yeah. eight hours or whatever. So that 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 was the only time I've seen anything similar in this scenario. Mm. But if it said and the person hears it or knows heard heard about somebody people saying this about them, mm. then that would imagine how that would make them feel. Yeah, I know. It'd be terrible. Mm. and I'm sure it's not the first time somebody's complained around them so yeah probably not the first time somebody's complained that something's been I mean that, that that's what equality means to me it means making the environment 
um, making everybody's environment uh, in a way that they can thrive. Yeah. Because when everybody's thriving, everybody's thriving. Yeah. Yeah. Mm. Um, and that's what it means to me. So it doesn't mean everyone gets treated the same, which to me is a bit of a misconception. Yeah. To me, it means everybody's given the opportunity to thrive and be the best versions of themselves and contribute and feel valued and have meaningful work. So absolutely, I don't really see how you have a problem with that. But anyway, this is what it's saying. It matters because employees with disabilities hear this comment. They may feel as though they are valued, don't belong. And it affects more people than you realise. And I said before, 4.4 million Australians have a visible and invisible disability. Hmm. A lot. What is that? It's like nearly 20%, isn't it, of the population? Are you really asking me to do math? Yeah, it's about it's about 20% of the population. So that's like one in five. Yeah. yeah. But then I imagine some of them might be not of working age. But anyway, mm. one in five Australians, visible and visible disability. And it has a big impact. Employees with disability, they're often less happy at work than their colleagues. Mm. And that gap goes away when workplaces are accommodating and inclusive. Mm. Just something to think about, right? Absolutely. That was all. Do you have anybody with um, disabilities, visible and invisible, in your workplace? Mm, no, I don't believe so. Not in no. our um, We have a few people um, with, as you said, like back injury and stuff who need to, say, for example, need a standing desk, um, need to go for a walk every hour or that sort of thing. But so, yeah, you do then. Yeah. That considered a disability? I don't know. If it's permanent. It could be temporary, but I mean it might be permanent. I don't know. Mm, yeah. No. Well, it'd be interesting if there wasn't even the disability term. It's just different differing abilities. Maybe that's what disabilities means. <laughs> differing abilities. Yeah. As opposed to disabled, which sounds more harsh. Mm. It's just that everybody has differing abilities. So we provide an environment yeah. to allow them to thrive, right? Absolutely. Mm. And we gain a lot as well, like with everything. If you have diversity, you make your environment better mm. in general. All right. Better wrap it up. I love talking to you. That was very funny. I liked I liked your response. <laughs> Probably not the positive yes response we want, but anyway, whatever. Oh, yes, we're just being real, right? Yes, exactly. <laughs> All right, lovely. Happy hump day, everyone. See you later. Bye. Bye. Thank you so much for tuning in. We hope you have as much fun with us today as we did. If what you heard resonated with you, don't forget to show the love and like our YouTube channel, All One with Tracy G. Give us a five-star rating on whichever podcast platform is lucky enough to have this episode because they rock too.
Feel free to email us stories or questions at alloneinclusive at gmail.com and sign up for my newsletter if updating yourself about everything which goes down sounds like something right up your alley at tracygandu.com. Until the next time, see ya!